0: Coming this summer from Paramount Pictures, the sequel you've all been waiting for. Edward Furlong, Anthony Edwards, and Highlander's own Clancy Brown. In the sequel event of the year, everything you liked about the original Pet Cemetery. But with none of the sensibilities. Motorcycle murders. Dead cats, we got them. Overacting. Dead rabbits, too. Inappropriate
1: sexual activity around minors.
0: And Edward Furlong now with 50% more voice crack. This summer, Paramount Pictures sorta, of, kinda, I guess proudly presents Pet Cemetery 2 Necromancing Boogaloo You know when I pick up a bee That's when I'm on a professor now The question always got back like to me
1: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of What Were They Thinking?
0: I am in the closet recording this, and I tell them it's 2019. Live your best life. I, I'm, I'm staying in here. So, well, you know what? As as soon as you're allowed to, as soon as once you're brave enough uh, <sighs> to face the people that you love with your truths, Brendan, I'll be there to support you. I'll be there. Yep. I'll be there. Just like the Jackson 5. Just
1: call my name. Okay, we got to get sued. Or Mariah
0: Carey, who did that unplugged thing for, you know, MTV.
1: Well, obviously she did the superior version.
0: What is weird about that is Mariah Carey unplugged. Mariah Carey doesn't play an instrument.
1: Wait, you (laughs) know. Wait, what are you talking about? Mariah Carey uh, jams on that electric guitar. Yeah. But you're Nathan. (laughs)
0: I am Nathan, and you're Brandon? Brendan. Brendan, right. Yeah,
1: you're you're close. Okay. It's okay. It happens never. Never (laughs) happens. Um, We are here to talk about, we're here to continue Schlocktober, the scariest month of the year to talk about a movie that uh, may be scary for the reasons it doesn't intend to be. Oh, boy. <laughs> Nathan, I know you're a giant fan of the original Pet Cemetery.
0: I, I, I am, actually. For all of its moving parts and showing warts, I love that original one. There's just a certain amount of true visceral horror, but there's also a good swath of it that is 50s B-movie over... Acting—it's beautiful. It's a beautiful mixture of everything I love about movies.
1: Oh shit! Everything you learned from movies too?
0: No, 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 no. Everything I love about movies. That other things—that that's not a thing.
1: (laughs) Who says that?
0: All (laughs) right, fucking nobody. Weirdos, right? Silly. Ah.
1: (laughs) That's some Mormon shit right there.
0: Right, polygamists—that's who says that sort of stuff.
1: (laughs) Who are Steve's other wives? That's what I want to know. Uh, we are, of course, talking about the sequel to that movie that Nathan uh, likes. I like it, too. Um, but this is a sequel to that movie, Pet Cemetery 2.
0: <laughs> Necromancing Boogaloo.
1: <laughs> I can only... <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> uh, it's it's directed by the same person, Mary Lambert.
0: That is the most mind-blowing thing about this whole experience.
1: Well, and if I had to guess, because like I looked up, I tried to look up some information about this. There isn't a whole lot out there because uh, I know this will shock everyone. But Pet Cemetery Two is not exactly on the tip of everyone's tongues in 2019.
0: Right. But there isn't a lot of information. We're going to change that, though. We're going to change that today, Brandon.
1: We're bringing it back.
0: Everyone's going to be talking about <laughs> this. It's going to be the next internet sensation, for, like The Room or something. Internet they, sensation. They yes, up they the would have our suggestion will have fueled uh, the resurgence of Pet Cemetery Two. Going to be huge. It's going to be huge.
1: Yes, Pet Cemetery Two. Uh, well, so what I was going to say is, um, not a lot of info, info out there, but I know that uh, Mary Lambert ran into a lot of issues with the studio.
0: Oh, so we got a, a backshe uh, Henry Selick situation here. Yeah? I,
1: be- I believe so,
0: and and, yeah. and I mean.
1: I'm probably gonna side with her because, having seen the first one and knowing what she was more capable of, I mm. feel like this. I feel like she was probably waylaid on this one.
0: Yes, uh, it, it because the first one again, uh, it has that overacting quality, but there is some legitimate horror that at times, even viewing it now gives me anxiety. The only anxiety I had about this movie was that I had to watch it.
1: <laughs> your, your only anxiety was uh, when are the credits going to roll <laughs> um, but this movie stars Edward Furlong a year after Terminator 2 so he is like at the top of the mountain
0: yeah white hot he decides white to hot. do
1: another sequel right after this or right mm. after Terminator uh, we have Anthony <laughs> Edwards from ER which I don't believe
0: ER started airing yet no, this I was just before ER started. So his biggest role to at that time would have been Top Gun. Yeah, so
1: this launched him into the stratosphere. Uh,
0: <laughs> it certainly may have made him go, you know what? Maybe I should reconsider television.
1: <laughs> um, and, of course, Clancy Brown from a movie that everyone knows and loves, Highlander. And a bunch of other people that I didn't really take notice of. Those are the people in this movie. This is Pet Cemetery Two. Uh, let's just uh, get into this, shall we?
0: Yes, let's. Sooner begun, sooner done.
1: Because I will say that uh, I first watched this when I was very young. Mm-hmm. So this movie actually terrified me as a child. It my viewing was a little different this time. <laughs> we so, we start off with a like. It looks like we're starting... When I first saw this again, like, watching this for the for the podcast, I was like, I don't remember this taking place in, like, this time period, because we start in this old castle, and there's, like, thunder and lightning outside, and there's a woman, like, going down this circular stairs, and I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a period piece? Like, what is going on? But no, we are on a film set, and Eddie, uh, Eddie Furlong's mom, I don't remember her name in this movie. Renee. But she... Renee, okay, right, because it's on the, all the boxes. But she is an actress. Um, I feel like she's not like a huge actress if she's doing a movie like this.
0: No, no. I, and the only, again, the only person of any real note at that at, at that actual time may have been Edward Furlong.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, oh. sorry. I mean, not the actress playing Renee, but the actress oh, that Renee is playing. Oh, the character that
0: the actress is playing. Okay. Yeah,
1: like I feel like she's not supposed to be like a huge deal. But then I have a lot of questions about the different movies she's in. But anyway, uh, I'll get to that later. But yeah, she's, she's walking down these stairs and she's doing this horror movie. And of course, you know, somebody fucks up. They yell, cut. All right, come on, prop guy. You're not hitting your mark. You keep grabbing her boob.
0: I can't see a thing down there.
1: Surely nothing's going to go wrong in this scene, sir. Yeah,
0: I, come on. Where is the. There, there should have been somebody doing some sort of. I have a note. Oh, so she works for Carl Co. <laughs> the same people that filmed The Crow.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. This is like. Yeah. This is. The no safety
0: most, standards at all.
1: Most dangerous film shoot I've ever seen. Like, this is clearly like a studio. Like, or a set or whatever. Yeah. But they don't have, like, safeguards in place. Like, this is not, like, 1950. This is
0: 1992. At one point, there's a guy just standing around with a running hose. The fuck this is
1: not the fucking genghis khan john wayne movie that killed everyone this is right. this is a regular shoot in the 90s
0: on a sound stage
1: on a sound stage and like you said yes after this they did go on to make the crow uh thankfully there were no issues on that set Ooh. <laughs> but there are issues on this set because they they we well first of all we meet Eddie Furlong. He's there with his mom. He's there on the set. And I guess the him and the director must be good pals because he's just sitting right beside the director just watching the monitor. Which I feel like most directors would be like, I, I know you're the, the, the actor's kid, but no, you can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but he has one of those reveals. Like, you know when you're watching a movie and like a famous person shows up in a cameo and they do this slow like turnaround and you're like, oh, it's that person. Yeah. Yeah. He totally has one of those introductions. Like he turns around and it's like, hey kids, it's Eddie Furlong. (laughs) Which I guess makes sense because of Terminator 2. But I just thought that was funny. A funny way to introduce him. Uh, But he, you know, he loves his mom. His parents are separated at this point. Uh, I believe he's living with his mom and they want they they're planning on the mom and dad getting together and having dinner.
0: Yeah, they're separated. They're not divorced, so they're trying to work it out. And he said dad wants to come down to the set for dinner if you're okay with that. But don't get your hopes up. He's like, "I know, mom."
1: It <laughs> would be great if that was the actual voice he used the whole movie.
0: Man, every single time, like even even when I watched that terrible director video, Crow Four, ooh, he's in that. What? And, oh, it's that's a small screen. Shameful coming. I oh guarantee my. you. Oh my god! Um, what year? This oh gee, Dave Boreanaz and Tara Reid are in it. Dennis oh. Hopper was still alive, and Danny Trejo's in it. So that oh kinda gives my you, a, God,
1: yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Did Tara Reid and Edward Furlong have a more fucked up off?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I think Terry, as far as characters go, would have, would have won in that one because, um, her and David Borneas are, uh, they're the big bads. They're like the, the ones who cause Edward along the strife and he has to return from the grave to re- avenge his death and his oh girlfriend's death. Yeah, AVENGE ME! AVENGE ME! Uh, Best part about that movie, Dennis Hopper plays a white pimp who thinks he is very urban.
1: (laughs) This is kind of like Harvey Keitel in Taxi Driver.
0: Oh, to the nth degree. Okay, think of of the most stereotypical, think of Rudy Ray Moore (laughs) in, in Dolomite. That is how Dennis Hopper was talking in this movie. Oh boy. The book. Kiss it, bitch.
1: Yeah. Well then, um, so
0: Pet Cemetery Two.
1: Pet Cemetery Two. Back to this, yeah. Okay. So you know that whole thing happens, and then they go back to shoot the next scene or the shoot scene again, and tragedy strikes. They there's some water that pours out and because the guy's the
0: standing around with the hose.
1: Yeah, he's just spraying it everywhere, spraying it all over the electrical equipment. Uh, mother, his mother grabs the fence like she's supposed to in the scene and gets. Hilariously electrocuted. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> like yeah.
1: When I saw this, I said, oh, this is just part of the scene until everybody starts freaking out. I was like, I thought this was still the movie within the movie because her acting, I mean, her acting's pretty bad. Yeah. Like, the, the, the actress who plays Renee. <laughs> so, I was like, what is going on? The, uh, she's
0: my, my biggest qualm with this is that it was, you said, what, 92? 92. 22 yep. circuit breakers were a thing and I don't know how you familiar you are with uh, you know electrical wiring and and circuit breakers but the way they work is if there's a uh, uh, the, the kickback like someone's getting electrocuted and the electricity is not going where it's supposed to go it's supposed to trip the breaker so the person doesn't stand there continuing to be electrocuted. It's a go- it'll one jolt, big jolt could kill you, but you won't just stand there uh, 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 like. Also, a like, cartoon. N-
1: no one makes a decent attempt to get her away from it.
0: Well, I, I, if it's if it's you know the a co production, they they might have been like, I'm I'm not getting paid enough.
1: Yeah, they're they're just standing around letting the uh, the act letting the mom die, so she dies. Eddie Eddie gives it a good
0: Mah! I don't that fucking still. Still, his presence does not deter me from watching Terminator two at least twice a year.
1: (laughs) He's not bad in that. I feel like he's better in that because he's. I don't know. He's got a kind of like a charm to him sometimes. In Terminator two, he's younger.
0: Yeah, I think that's it.
1: Like, I don't know. As he got older, I feel like he got less uh, endearing.
0: He suffered suffered a severe case of the Clint Howards.
1: <laughs> Clint Howard has always been adorable. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, after this happens, so she dies. Um, they have a funeral. Here's my first question, actually. Because they're in L.A., right? I believe so.
0: Okay. And they have the funeral in Maine? That's where she's from, I think. Because she was an alumni at the high school. That's, I, I mean...
1: I would have thought, I think it would have, like, it's just weird to me, like, that they don't have the funeral there, and then travel to Maine to, like, live at that little house or whatever.
0: Well, I mean, if she was, I mean, even if she was a union actress, and getting a lead roles on the Steady, even if they're in B movies, she's still making all right money, and if she knows, you know... The quality of the work she puts out, like she doesn't have a big head about her being amazing rather than like, you know what, this is good money, I'm going to put out the best I can, but I'm not winning any Oscars anytime soon. She can put that money away and say like, if and when I pass, please bury me in my home state of Maine
1: it just it just was weird to me that they went like literally coast to the other side of the,
0: the country. Right.
1: Um I do that. I don't know if she I don't know if she saves her money though. She's got like six boxes of fancy clothes.
0: Oh my god, the fucking <laughs> yes. The the shit that they card in when they move into the house.
1: Oh yeah. So they have the funeral, not a whole lot happens there. We get introduced to Gus, who kind of shoes the photographers away because again, she's kind of a celebrity. Uh, gives his condolences, but, you know, there's something off about him. Obviously, it's Clancy Brown. He's not playing a good guy, and we find out that... But
0: he's not entirely a bad, bad guy either. Well, not yet. Well, yeah, not yet.
1: But we find out, basically, that uh, Anthony Edwards and... uh, and Edward Eddie Furlong. Furlong are moving to are moving to Maine to get as far away as possible from LA. And I guess if do you want to get as far away as possible, that's a pretty fucking good place to go. Yeah. And also it's Stephen King, so you know, of course, we're in Maine. So <laughs> well, it's and, not
0: Stephen King. It's just a continuation of characters that exist in the same universe.
1: Well, that's what I mean. Like a sequel to a Stephen King mm-hmm, mm-hmm. work. So it's yeah. yeah. So they move in, and we um, I guess they're rich enough to have a housekeeper. Because she comes over to to be their new housekeeper in this mm-hmm. little house. In this little house, which I honestly like, I, I think they don't need one. Because I mean, he's a vet, which yes, it's a demanding job. I mean, Eddie Furlong's going to school. Like I think they'll be fine just living in that little house. But she is their housekeeper, and uh, she is like, oh, I loved your wife. She was wonderful. Or oh, these are clothes. I'm just gonna put my hands all over these clothes. <laughs> And Eddie Furlong's like, basically, fuck off.
0: Like, <laughs> Don't touch my mom's stuff.
1: Yeah, which I wrote down like he's kind of a shit kid when he said that, but also like
0: maybe just like tone it down a notch, new housekeeper. His um, shit kiddery, if I could coin a term, mm-hmm. is all over the place in this movie. Oh, Because there are times to, yeah. when he is insufferable. And then there are other times where he's like, sure, dad, I'll be glad to help. Keen.
1: Well, that's well. The, here's the thing. Here, here's the here's the moment where one of those moments where he is sure I'll be glad to help because uh, Anthony Edwards is like, well, I'm gonna go. Ch- I'm gonna go check out my new offices uh, at the uh, at the vets. Yeah, and and he's like, oh, well, I want to go. I want to go.
0: But it, in like the two scenes previous, maybe he's like, you're the one who wanted to move here.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, he's. I I mean, I feel like it's also the writing. Yes, that's not how, doing him any favors. I mean. No. We, <laughs> We've said numerous times on this podcast, like, it's it's easy to blame the actors, but it's but it's mostly, it's most of the time it's the writing and the directing. You
0: can only work with what you're given.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a bomb. Brad Pitt was in Cool World. Case closed.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Jet, that's the only one.
1: Yeah, the only bad movie <laughs> Brad Pitt's been in. So Eddie is looking around at this vet office. He's checking out the kennels and he gets attacked. He gets attacked by a <laughs> tiny little kitten in one of the most tropey jump scare horror movie moments where the cat is like when it attacks him, it's like the meanest thing ever. And then you see, it's like a tiny kitten.
0: And it's so cute.
1: It is adorable. And, uh, he wants to keep it. So Anthony Edwards is like, well, you help me clean up these kennels and you can have them.
0: Yeah.
1: And we meet the other animal in the film. Cause Zowie comes in this big, huge, I guess is like part husky. I think.
0: Yes. And I saw it and I was like, wow, Zowie wrestling reference secured
1: (laughs) Zowie comes in and is being held by Drew the young man who owns this uh, this dog and surprise surprise his stepfather is Gus yeah so Zowie got his nose stuck in a rabbit cage got scratched up so he gives him some drops Gus is also uh, shows kind of how gross he is in this scene (laughs) because he's like hey your mom sorry about your mom I used to bang her back in high school (laughs) Pretty much. <laughs> like, fuck. Dude, she just died.
0: <laughs> yeah, which, again, plays against I uh, his original introduction as a character, because he was like, be respectful, gentlemen, be respectful, be respectful. Yeah, isn't
1: that, isn't that weird that they introduce him like that, but he's basically, like, he ends up a being basically total one of the... skis. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, he ends up being one of the villains. Yes. Which is, but, it's... yeah
0: yeah let's we just have to plow through it buddy uh
1: <laughs> so yeah so anyway they, they you know they have this little moment uh I, I i will say that clancy brown in this movie is kind of my i'm trying to save this thing because mm. his performance is wild but it's the thing that i feel like he knows exactly what this movie is supposed to be
0: he is yes the bright and spot. He is his giving choices. his all yeah.
1: Yeah. yes Yeah, he's,
0: he's, he's eaten all the scenery. Sometimes literally. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Forgot about that. He's less like, I think he was like, no one's going to say Clancy Brown ever phoned it in.
1: Oh, no, man. He's a fucking great underrated actor.
0: Consummate. Yeah. Professional all the way.
1: So uh, they have this whole thing. He he has my first little thing that I like that he does is uh, Drew, the young man who owns Zowie, yeah. is uh, hears about the cats because they're, they're giving away the kittens to a good home, and he looks up at Gus, and Gus is like, "Not our home, buddy."
0: <laughs> and I guess that's one of the few things I have to take Clancy to task on, and hit me up on Twitter, Clancy, if you got any. Uh, his main accent appears and disappears at the most random of times oh at first i thought he was doing
1: what uh judd did in the first one
0: that that's a main accent
1: yeah he's doing like a light version of that but then sometimes he just uses his real voice
0: and that's what i mean like like that accent if you're from there it's not a put on and if he's supposed to be from there because he went to high school there, stayed there, became the sheriff. Yeah, that accent should stick with him the whole time.
1: <laughs> Clancy Brown here and for Pepperidge well, Farm.
0: He starts out when he's talking. Gus, hey, you got to get a hold of that dog.
1: Yeah, you got to get a hold of that dog's alley there. You don't want him getting get in the rabbit cage.
0: But then every once in a while, it's like, especially when he's in a more heated moments later. No accent. None whatsoever. And I can't get on it too much because, you know, the Montrose has a accent that's spotty at best.
1: <laughs> well, that's just, that's, that's, that's monkey.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But anyway, he, uh, so Eddie Furlong brings his new kitten to school for some reason. Yeah. And...
0: <laughs> First day of high school. That's what you do. Bring a kitten. That's good. Yeah, you're not, not going to stand out as the weird kid at all. It's like, you have a home now. Just, just leave it at
1: home. Get the litter yeah. box and be on your, you have a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Leave your fucking cat at home. I'm pretty sure she can take care of your fucking kitten. Yes. Um, But of course, because of this, he runs into the bully, the bully of the school or the bullies, <laughs> but led by Clyde. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's so like, he is the nineties movie bully.
0: Oh, yeah, like, 100%. just
1: like, hey, I heard your mom died. I heard she was real fried and everything. That sucks. It was real gross, I heard. And I don't know. I don't know if... Okay, I'm sure there are bullies. I'm sure there are bullies that are this cruel. I've never encountered one that's, like, that much. Like, as cruel as some of these movies show them. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Is, is this a thing? Like...
0: uh, I don't... I don't know, man. Like, I never encountered anything as drastic as that like making fun of someone you know because their parents died but I do have it on good authority that way back uh, when my mom was going to school uh, and her dad passed away uh, she apparently got teased about that I'm like that's kind of fucked that's fucked up
1: right yeah that's (laughs) I've never yeah because like I see it in movies and I'm like doesn't happen as often as the movies tell us it does
0: it's yeah but and you know i i feel that if that were to happen that the teachers would be like we need to look at this kid as a possible sociopath (laughs) we need
1: to isolate this child's file
0: well i mean that's an emotional line that you are crossing when you do something like that meaning that you have none
1: well, yeah, and speaking of serial killer intentions, this bully steals the kitten.
0: Mm, so there you go. We got the uh, uncaringness to make fun of somebody about their mom dying, and then he's perfectly fine with possibly hurting a small animal.
1: Right, so he takes it, and the bullies all drive away, so uh, Drew is there, too. He's Drew's kind of with them. And then which I thought was weird. not with yeah. yeah
0: Their relationship with the bully throughout the movie for me was weird at best because there's times when they're like friends with him
1: yeah cuz he hangs out with them they they yeah. even tell him they don't treat him well they're like come on lard ass but he's always like he's always he he's always with them for the first like few minutes of the movie mm. so he they go off on a like a high speed <laughs> bike chase um and by the way this whole time Eddie Furlong like is almost caught up to them like he's like right behind them and then somehow they've managed to like stop walk up to the pet cemetery put the cat in a cage in the pet cemetery come back before Eddie Furlong gets to them
0: there is so many inconsistencies with how time works within this movie it's ridiculous
1: well and much like last week i guess we'll just have to say that the bullies are time lords Apparently. Gotta be. Gotta be. There will become Keanu Reeves dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm not talking about John Wick. <laughs> so, yeah, they put the cat in the, in the pet cemetery cage. And, you know, uh, Eddie Furlong shows up and has a dust up with the bully. He actually punches him in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he gets the shit beat out of him.
0: Yeah, but, you know, you miss every shot you don't take, right? Yeah, he
1: got one shot in.
0: Got a good one in. I mean, you don't win them all. That's for sure.
1: Uh, Drew shows up to tell him. We kind of get a little bit like, oh, this is the pet cemetery. Blah blah blah. You bury something here, whatever. It's just an old story, etc. <laughs> Moving <Yeah>. on. <laughs> uh, Gus is getting a little upset with the whole, uh, the whole Zowie messing with the rabbits. So he's he installs an electrified fence around them.
0: Okay, so Gus doesn't understand how electricity works. Right. What? Because oh. he's he wires up the cage so that if Zowie comes along and sticks her snout in the cage, it's going to get electrocuted. Electricity travels on both sides of that fence, so he's basically electrocuting his own rabbits. Well, I'm assuming he's going to eat them anyway, right? Well, no, he's selling them. Oh, there was a sign out front that said "rabbits, uh, ten dollars, great for um, pets." Meat or fur? Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: so, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, he also makes Drew uh, put Zowie outside. He's like, I don't remember inviting Zowie in for dinner. And uh, he sends Zowie outside. Uh, Gus shows more of how much of a kind of a shit he is because he's like, come on, lard ass, you can't eat that much dinner.
0: Well, and that's it, too. Like, up until the part where he says... Uh, show your mother some appreciation for the meal she cooked. Yeah. Not that much appreciation uh, is yeah. his exact line. Up until that, though, he was just... It was very standard uh, country dad stuff. Yeah, I mean, still, like, a dick. Strict is a bit of... Yeah, kind of strict with the discipline, but it's really all... As far as he's concerned, in the best interests of the boy, so he is raised well with a good work ethic and pride in his house not to have dogs running around inside making a mess right <clears throat> <laughs> but
1: yeah he's he's yeah he's he's an asshole in the scene he he makes fun of her for, for being fat and all that stuff yeah um but then he starts getting his fuck on
0: oh, he is 100 percent enamored with Gus's mom.
1: Oh, and she's she's pretty cute. She is super cute. Yeah. She can get it. Am I right? <laughs> but while they're doing that, he hears the dog outside,
0: and he says, okay, that's
1: it. <laughs> Gets out of bed.
0: Just one second before we run into that. Uh, I have a note that I wanted to mention specifically about the rabbit cage. Do you remember the scene when we're introduced to him at the rabbit cage as he was getting ready to electrify it?
1: Uh, Yeah
0: couple of rabbits boning he's sitting there watching it petting another rabbit with a big smile on his face
1: oh i did not notice that
0: fucking creepy anyhow so this is what we get the insight as to what gus's character is about because not only does he like to watch rabbit fuck but he also likes to fuck like a rabbit (laughs) (laughs) see i tied that back in brought it back around now we're back to them in the bedroom boom done
1: yep so yeah, he hears the dog outside. Gus is like, "That's it. I warned him about that dog." He grabs his shotgun and fucking rifle. shoots a rifle and fucking yeah. shoots the dog, like dead. <laughs> uh, despite Drew being like, "What the hell are you doing?" So, um, here's my thing: is like, I don't understand why the like the 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 mom or the wife or whatever. Or she's not his wife, but. Actually, I don't know if they're married no, or not. No, they're married. Okay. Well, a the a stepdad. She is like, I mean, she sells it. like She's like, oh, what have you done? But then like two scenes later, she's like, mm, hi, Gus. Yeah. I'm like, he just shot your dog. He you shot your <laughs> like, kid's dog. Your kid's dog, who is like, I mean, yeah, sure, maybe a handful. But I think that's a step too far. A little bit. <laughs> so uh, I will tell you this, Nathan. Like, obviously, you know. Um, Animal Murders, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but... Hashtag Animal Murder. Yep. Yeah, but when I was a kid, uh, and, say, seeing this movie, this scene where Drew is, like, sitting there with his dog while that song is playing, um, it ruined me. <laughs> like... What song? Uh, uh, this song plays, it's it's called Fading Away.
0: Okay. Oh, I I there. I
1: fading away. And I was just like a mess <laughs> when I first saw this when I was a kid. I just lost it, like bawled my eyes out.
0: I had another uh, friend of my mom's actually, uh, when this video, because I saw it on VHS, I'm that old. Um. They uh, They got it at the store And my mom's friend She was uh, working there Or running the place or something And I would asked her if she'd seen it Because I was like I didn't see this go to theaters Apparently it did But it must have been like A gem in the holograms type of quickness
1: Oh yeah this thing made Oh I didn't even mention that It made about $17 million at the theater
0: Yeah And uh, so she said No I haven't watched it I can't watch it because someone told me something happens to a dog and I just can't watch that sort of stuff. And I have another friend at work who will not watch uh, John Wick because of what happens with the dog. So, yeah, you're not alone, buddy. But, you know, hashtag dog murder. Well, I mean, (laughs) I can watch them. I
1: just, I'm almost like a little like... You
0: have to pause it, take a breath. It's really... High anxiety type stuff.
1: Yeah, it's just a little yeah. queasy when I when it happens. that's all. Every time I see an animal in a horror movie, like being introduced, I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> Meanwhile, kill that kid! <laughs> no, I never, no, no, my thing with the, the kids getting murdered in horror movies is that it they, they almost never do. Yeah, They're all, they're all, they're like, you know uh, They're safe For the whole movie, and it's like, that's fine But when it happens, I'm like, okay, finally Like,
0: makes just like It doesn't have to be a fucking Like, it doesn't have to be I don't know I recently watched one called Bloody Birthday What a fucking, Jesus It's all about three kids Who decide to go on a murder spree To celebrate their 10th birthday Uh, wow <laughs> Those are words that I spoke. The movie was made in like nineteen eighty something.
1: Nathan, I'll ask you this. Have you seen Beware Children at Play?
0: Uh no, uh, but I do want to see it, because uh, I I did apparently it was just covered over on the Halloween hustle, so mm,
1: the last I would love to see your reaction to the last ten minutes of that movie. Okay. I'll just say that. Um it's it's wild. Trauma, of course. Of course. So Pet Cemetery too. (laughs) uh, Zowie, of course, uh, uh, dies uh, from being shot by Gus and Drew.
0: Drew apparently paints himself with Zowie's blood. Oh yeah, it's like all over him. Like I can understand, like down around his midsection where he was carrying the dog, but it's like up around his face and stuff.
1: Yeah, he did the whole thing where uh, it's like when fucking Brock Lesnar destroyed Hulk Hogan and just put his blood all over his chest. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> there, yeah, Or I was gonna say Neil Breen. Oh uh, yeah. When Jim Jim, I can't believe you did this.
1: I can't believe you committed suicide I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? I can't help you out of this one Jim. <laughs> oh, I'll never uh. forget that movie. <laughs>
0: I spread that disease to a couple of friends I'm so glad you did A week or so back Uh, One of them said I may never forgive you for this
1: (laughs) I would be thanking you
0: (laughs) The other ones did
1: (laughs) Perfect (laughs) Uh, Drew is Yeah, Drew's covered in blood He meets up with Eddie Furlong He's like we need to bury Zowie And Mm -hmm. of course he wants to bury him in the pet cemetery Hoping that he'll return from the dead
0: None of this stuff That we get to experience as far as like the pet cemetery, uh the barricade that's supposed to keep people from going up to the actual Indian burial grounds. None of it looks like the stuff from the first movie. And that really blew my mind because again, it's the same director.
1: I don't know why and like what year did the first one come out? Eighty nine?
0: Eighty nine or eighty eight. So think.
1: it's only three years later yeah maybe not even between productions so i mean you're telling me they couldn't get the same set
0: or at the very least or
1: design at the same
0: yeah exactly
1: like you have and exactly the director's right there i feel like this was rushed
0: mm, into well, production say
1: yeah <laughs> i feel like even though three years apart i feel like they were like we gotta we gotta get on this pet cemetery to train get this into production <laughs>
0: That's what the people want.
1: That's right. That's when the money rolls in. So, after they bury Zowie uh, in the pet cemetery, you know, some time passes. And later that night, an angry Zowie returns home with blood red eyes. Mm-hmm. And Gus is like, How could you say you were burying your dog? Because that's what he told him earlier. And he's like, you, you were burying your dog. Your dog is right here, and he's alive and well, and there's nothing wrong with him at all.
0: It was real nice of them to go with that innuendo that, uh, you know, Gus was out fucking. (laughs) What were you doing, (laughs) burying my dog? Oh, God. Oh, God. You're welcome. Um,
1: Meanwhile, so, uh, he just drew, uh, or they said they are going to take the dog to the vet, which I guess Anthony Edwards already has, like, a mobile vet unit. That was weird. Right? He just shows
0: up. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying they're unheard of. It was just odd to see it. It was
1: odd to see it that quickly. Like, he just Mm. got to town, what, two days ago? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got my mobile vet. And when he showed up, that place was a shithole. And now Mm. he's got a fucking, like, mobile unit. (laughs) So they take Zowie uh, to the vet. He says, "Oh, there's no heartbeat." Dun, dun, dun. And he takes a <laughs> blood sample and puts him in the kennel until he feels better. Skipping past this. Drew is uh, grounded, of course, because of this whole thing. Because it's mm-hmm. like you know, you bury, you bring, you brought your dog back to life. You're grounded. Yeah, that's um, what you get
0: for necromancing.
1: <laughs> so, but the mom is like, "I'm still gonna let you go out for Halloween. I'm not a monster." So, he and Ed, Eddie Furlong. Uh, I
0: don't think Eddie Furlong has a costume, does he? Yeah, I didn't think... Maybe he was going as John Connors from Terminator 2. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. They should have
1: said that.
0: That would have been delightful.
1: Who are you going as? I don't know, that whiny kid from that robot movie.
0: <laughs> Isn't he a piece of shit?
1: <laughs> just goes on for like five minutes about how much he hates that character. God, what a <laughs> dink.
0: <laughs> you know, I heard in real life that kid's a real shithead,
1: uh, Eddie. Um, you know this? You're just ad-libbing at this point. I know. I, know.
0: I just I want It's
1: cathartic. <laughs> Leave me alone, mom. Uh, if you can't laugh at yourself, what can you do? <laughs> so, yeah, they, they. I mean, I guess Eddie dresses up as Joan. John Connor, John Connor. Uh, Drew is like a vampire. And... He's Eddie
0: Monster for fuck's sake? Oh, I thought he was just a vampire. No, I mean yes, but that kid was dressed as Eddie Monster.
1: Did they ever specifically say it?
0: No, they don't. He doesn't say that. But he, come on. Okay,
1: no, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. I just, I didn't think the movie knew that. I thought they were just like he's a vampire, blah. Yeah. Uh, but they go to the pet cemetery and get jumped by the bullies. But then immediately after, the bullies are just like, let's have a campfire. But
0: that's the thing. I don't think they were, like, ambushed. Like, they were going there with the intent of hanging out there. And they knew other students from their high school would be there.
1: But then when they show up, I forgot to mention this, too, is they've rigged this, like woman that dressed exactly like Eddie Furlong's mom
0: that's the ghostly woman in like a flowing dress
1: well I think it's supposed to be the same dress though because I think that's why he has that vision
0: okay which
1: I'm like what did they raid his house
0: it could just be a PTSD thing too. the
1: housekeeper is in on it she's actually giving them all the dresses
0: oh well she was probably pissed off because Edward Furlong earlier said you're not my mom oh yeah I forgot about that (laughs) there's
1: a lot of that She also has, like, a weird, like, I feel like she has a lot of deleted scenes because I thought they were going for something with, like, a a sort of romance with her and Anthony Edwards because they establish at the beginning he takes, like, like you said uh, before we started recording, there's a lot of furtive glances.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of meaningful glances from person to person in this thing.
1: Yeah, and he has one with her and then he goes, oh, sorry, I just didn't expect you to look that good or look like that or whatever. Yeah. Which uh, okay, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> you you think with that they're they're setting up some kind of romance but she's barely in the movie. But anyway, they're they're with the bullies they're at the pet cemetery. Uh the the head bully Clyde basically tells the story of the first movie and then says that later Ellie, the baby from the first movie.
0: No, the daughter.
1: <laughs> oh, the daughter, right, right, right.
0: Gage was the baby. Right,
1: Gage is the one that yeah, the truck. The- um, but they said yeah, he says Ellie, the the daughter from the first movie, then like murdered her grandparents and went into a psych ward. And I'm like, why? Get, why aren't we watching that fucking movie? Right? Like, hello.
0: <laughs> I even thought that as a kid. Like, why? If they're gonna mention like what happened to Ellie afterwards, why didn't they just make the movie about what El- happened to Ellie afterwards?
1: And they could call it whatever happened to Ellie. <laughs>
0: Or Pet Cemetery Two,
1: Pet Cemetery Two: Colon Whatever Happened to Ali? Yeah, there you go. Long movie titles. It's been it's researched. It's been researched. Long movie titles always do better at the box office.
0: Well, just ask the Aquatine Hunger Force: Colon Movie for Theaters.
1: Or um, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Yeah, both uh, box office smashes. Yes. So, as he tells this story, uh, suddenly Gus shows up because he actually heads home and finds out that Drew is not home, and forces the mom to like tell tell him where he is. Hmm. So he shows up and breaks up the party and just like punches Drew in the face, like
0: just goes full on haymakers, just throwing him down on this kid.
1: Yeah, just, like, unloading. Uh, Eddie Furlong is like, oh, fuck, what should I do? But before he can make a decision, Zowie comes back. I guess she's escaped the kennel. Uh, comes in and just murders Gus. Mm. And as I sa- as I said earlier when I was, like, really upset watching that scene where Zowie dies as a kid, in this scene I was... I I remember being like cheering <laughs> on your
0: feet, cheering, clapping yeah. your hands.
1: Dog revenge. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag dog vengeance. But yeah, Gus is hell. You know, just like rips his throat out, just murders Gus right there. Yeah. And the kids are like, "What should we do? Oh, well, I know. You know this person that's unhinged on the regular. Let's bury him in the pet cemetery.
0: Well, back Ooh. to the burial grounds. What? Like, what a stupid idea. And uh, I just know that this kid has a future as a grave digger. Because <laughs> he is he pretty good. Clearly, per, per, yeah, he has a propensity to it. I mean, just a real, real, real knack for it. it it's... Uh, but it's so crazy. Also, I got a
1: question, too, because I know the rules of Pet cemeteries, like, you bury your own, right?
0: Yes, that's but the idea.
1: Okay, so does that mean like you... If you... If they're related to you or if you killed them or what?
0: No, no. And that's that's it. Like the idea behind uh the first one and and in the book is that it has to be done by the person who wants the thing to come back to life. So that's why Lewis buries the cat in the first one, because Judd was like, You want this cat back alive? You have to do it on your own. Each buries their own. Those are the rules. So when the cat comes back, yeah, it's antagonistic towards Lewis, but it is now Lewis's cat, right? Same thing with Zowie. When Gus buried Zowie, he well, came Drew back. Buried Zowie. Sorry, Drew, not Gus. Sorry, Drew. When Drew uh, buried Zowie. Zowie came back, and I was like, okay, so they're kind of getting this right because Zowie serves as a protector for Gus. Possessed, but still a protector, right? Later on, though, and the same thing happens with Gus because they bury Gus, and he comes back, and he's not as antagonistic towards them at first. It later progresses that they turn on the person that buried them, which I guess did happen in the first one, obviously, but it's still... mm, I don't feel that they were following the rules as tight as they could.
1: Yeah, for sure. It just seemed a little slipshod with that whole thing. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Later that night, Zombie Gus comes home, and climbs into bed with mom with the giant gaping wound on his neck to which I wrote "Mm, gross
0: yeah (laughs) that's disgusting (laughs) so he apparently he comes back as a rape zombie oh god that's terrifying just name my next band (laughs) I am Nathan and we are the rape zombies one two three four no just rape zombie we are rape Rape zombie zombie. one two three four yeah
1: you could be like your heroes the sex pistols Gross Sorry the doors The doors is what I meant Ugh Awful So the next day um, (laughs) Anthony Edwards is at the vet And some kids come in These two uh, Girls And their mother And I wrote that They reminded me of The Shining Twins I think that's the nod They were going for Actually Yeah Yeah, To someone to, To someone Who wanted absolutely Nothing to do with this sequel By the way yeah. <laughs> um. They were gonna write Stephen King's Pet Cemetery Two on the title screen. And he was uh, like, I don't he, think so. <laughs> yeah. He he was like, No, you're not. Oh
0: no, 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 no. no,
1: You. you <laughs> I have seen the script, and I am not putting my name on this thing. And to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair. It's not like Stephen King's never been associated with a bad movie.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, Coming soon. Should have given you an idea where you were at. Uh, Spoiler alert, same thing applies to Lawnmower Man. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) He said no, no, no to that. And interestingly enough, uh, for the longest time, uh, I hadn't read the short story, The Lawnmower Man. And I'd heard about how he said, nope. I don't want my name on it, and I'm suing to get it taken off. Uh, I was like, how different was it? And then I read it considerably different. I've
1: heard, yeah. I've heard it's like comp- almost a completely different movie.
0: The the only thing that they have in common is that in both the story and the movie, at one point, uh, grass gets cut. <laughs> well, there you go. That's all you need. That is it. <laughs> Uh,
1: and Pierce Brosnan is in both.
0: I don't understand why the the people who wrote it, the movie, just couldn't come up with a different title, The Groundskeeper. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs>
1: Lawnmower Man coming soon probably.
0: Oof. <laughs> what about Jobs War? Like that? That's like the direct to video sequel. Oh boy, Smalls Green Shamefuls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's Cemetery Two. Mm-hmm those
1: kids go in to get some kitties <laughs> and they walk in and you just, and, and by the way, before this happens, oh. uh, Anthony Edwards is on the phone and he finds out that the bl- blood sample he sent in of Verzawi was that of a dead animal. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. And he also finds out he's like the last vet that was in that town did the same thing. He keeps sending you samples of dead animals. And he's like, that doesn't make sense.
0: Yes. Cause the, that's where they tie in church, isn't it?
1: Yeah. 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 Church. And yeah. But then he, he hears screaming in the next room, and he walks in, and the kitties have been mauled by Zowie. Just they are just, like... murdered. It's brutal, man. It's a it's fucking
0: like, Jackson Pollock painting of cats.
1: <laughs> it's just, like, blood and cat guts, like, everywhere. Yeah. Um, so... Anthony Edwards is like, okay, something is clearly wrong in the state of Denmark. <laughs> so he goes and sees a weird taxidermist, fuck. who basically is like, uh, is basically like, you just need to get the hell out of that town. And then talks about all the things that happened in the first movie again. Also, he's giving, he's like stuffing a pug when we meet him.
0: I know fuck, you would be weird. more
1: interesting with blue eyes. Ugh. So he's weird. Anthony Edwards is like, fuck this shit, runs out of there. Um, and that's the end of that zombie yep. back to zombie Gus <laughs> <laughs> who's just skinning rabbits in front of uh, Oh, breaking their necks and like skinning them right in front of the, while well, the kids are sitting there watching them yep. and oh, being so disgusting at the dinner table,
0: <laughs> just eating handfuls of mashed potato and <laughs> laughing. Beans laughing like a fucking lunatic
1: and the kids are just like "Ah,
0: it's funny (laughs) this is the this is the part where like if you want to pinpoint where the movie went off the rails i would have to say it's the weird taxidermist because everything just takes a hard Right turn into Looneyville.
1: Oh yeah, this is this is the tipping point. I mean, it's been dumb up to this point, but it's super dumb central at this point. Yeah. Uh. So he yeah. While this is happening too, Anthony Edwards is watching like old movie footage of his wife.
0: Yeah. Her and Eddie both have this obsession with watching her old movies.
1: Here's the thing. The it looks like the movie he's watching was made in like the fifties.
0: Yeah. Apparently, she only starred in movies that homaged the B-movies of the 1950s. And also, I'm just going to say,
1: maybe don't watch old movies where your wife's character is killed.
0: Yeah. Probably not the best way to get over that. But if she was a, you know, if she was a screen queen or something like that, he might have very few choices. True. That that didn't seem like
1: a horror movie, though. It just seemed like a... It looked like fucking Casablanca or something.
0: Yeah, well...
1: But he's, but he's doing that, and then he, he has a nightmare. Oh my god, he, the fucking nightmare. He's like, he's having sex with his wife in the nightmare, but then he looks up, and whose head is there? Zowie's, of course. So he's fucking like a dog with tits. It was fucking weird. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Um, and like, Edward, Eddie Furlong has like a, not a similar dream, he's not fucking anyone, but like he has a, a similar dream where he sees like, the dog in his room when the dog's not there or something like that.
0: Yeah, so that, and then his mom's in the rocking chair.
1: Yeah, and then it turns yeah. into Zowie or something. It's super strange.
0: Well, no, It does like that weird the room stretches out so he can't reach out to touch her.
1: Uh, the next day, Eddie for a long encounter's Clyde, the bully. Oh, before
0: it, that, um him and Drew Buddy have a Discussion or they, where they're theorizing on how the burial ground works. Thinking that when the person comes back, they're flipped opposite of what they were like when they were alive. Right. Because Gus is kind of gross, but he's not being a total hard-ass with Drew, right? Right, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh. So, Uh. yes, yeah, so after that, Eddie, is, uh, Eddie Furlong is chased by Clyde and he crashes into the woods. For no and Clyde- reason. Like, no, no reason. Clyde's just, you know, he's just the asshole dick. of the movie. And yeah. he's like, I'm going to put your head in the spokes of your bicycle wheel. I'm going to cut off your nose or something. Mm-hmm. But then old
0: Gus shows up. But, and this, before Gus shows up, this is another point in the movie where uh, time is, or continuity is just tossed out the window because... He, when they're chasing, he grabs Eddie Furlong's bike handles. First of all, those bike handles are BMX. Uh, Later on, he's driving a bike with mountain bike handles. But that aside, uh, he runs him off the road at the same pace that his motorcycle's going. But for some reason, Eddie Furlong is down in the uh, gully. And then Clyde walks down the hill to get to him. Wouldn't he be? He should have been a lot closer. Is what I'm getting at. So you're saying it's a flawless shot? A hundred percent.
1: Yeah, there's like that happens so many times. Them in this movie, like it's 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 poorly edited too, mm. is the thing. But yeah, so Gus shows up and he basically tells Eddie Furlong to go to go home. And he starts he he fucking backhands Clyde.
0: Just, yeah, pimp slaps the shit out of him
1: and starts. Uh, taunting him with the motorcycle wheel. Yep. Uh, to his face, Clyde's scarf gets caught in the in the spokes, and his fucking face is destroyed.
0: I, I'm sorry. Did the did it appear to you that the scarf jumped up into the wheel?
1: Yeah, like scarfs do. Right. <laughs> like someone pulled it by a fishing line. Yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he deserved it for that scarf, though. <laughs>
1: But yeah, his face is fucked, so I guess... I, I think it was a mistake at first, because then mm. Gus is like, whoops, and then he's just like, well, fuck it, I started I might as well finish the job. To keep <laughs> grinding just him up. Keeps <laughs> grinding him, and you see his face from the, like a faraway shot, and it's pretty gross.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so he kills him, and then, yeah, so that, that was my question about the whole burying your own thing, because then Gus, of course, buries Clyde, and I was like, oh, okay, I thought they had to be... Related. But that's
0: it. That's no they don't have to be related, but it's always this movie and the reboot or the remake that they did are the only times I've ever seen it explored within the pet cemetery I don't know, canon or legend that something that's dead and comes back buries something else up in the cemetery. Yeah, I didn't think they could do that. I, I thought it was against the rules as well. Mm hmm. So when it happened in the remake too, I, I, I got a little angry too. I was like, What? No. Yeah. I think that was one of the only real problems I had with it was that ending. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I thought the remake was okay. I, I, I thought it was um anyway, well I'll get into another day.
0: <laughs> they shit the bed on the end. That's the my only my only qualm with the remake.
1: The ending was terrible. Yeah. Um so anyway, yeah, so Gus buries Clyde and uh but as before he does this, Drew's Drew drives by, of course because why not, and sees the whole thing. So he and and Gus, I guess, doesn't want to go to prison. So he...
0: Well no, he had he had seen uh of Clyde uh coming back and off in the other direction, and he was trying to turn around to go help Edward Furlong, but remember he got tangled up in his bike or some shit, he couldn't get it turned around?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I just don't understand Gus's motivation. Like, yeah, you saw me kill Clyde. Oh, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> I, better, I better chase you down.
0: Because yeah.
1: he, he chases down Drew. Drew goes back to the house. For some reason, he uses the key and then puts it back on the hook.
0: Yeah, that's weird.
1: And then uh, Gus shows up and starts terrorizing him. Zowie is suddenly, like, aggressive towards Drew now.
0: Which, again, makes... Little sense. Yeah,
1: it. I guess maybe because Gus is also a zombie, so they're like aligned now. But but Gus uh, tries to get at Drew. Drew manages to escape out the door when when his mom is showing up. There's so many convenient arrivals of characters. But his mom Mm. is showing up in her car. He's like, we got to get out of here. Gus is trying to kill me. What? Jumps onto the fucking car and she's like, okay, uh, I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) And we get like a high speed pursuit down the road. Uh, (sighs) Gus runs them into a potato truck and they uh, fucking murders them. Hashtag wife murder. Hashtag child murder.
0: Hashtag mashed potatoes. (laughs)
1: Yeah, the greatest, the greatest is like the potatoes, cr- like also crush them, and you just see like her hands sticking out of the pile of potatoes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Gus fucking kills them, and actually, that's another going back to when I watched this as a kid. That's another scene that really took me off, caught me off guard. Yeah, because I didn't expect. I expected maybe something to happen to the mom, but I did not expect Drew to get to die.
0: Yeah, the body count in this one, in comparison to the original, is. Drastically higher. Mm Mm-hmm. And unlike the other heavily main-accented
1: character in the first one, um, I did not uh, want Gus to live through this. But, alas, he has killed them. And now the movie takes an even weirder turn. The weirdest of fucking turns. Okay, thank you, because I was like, what did I miss? Because Eddie Furlong at this point just gets super weird, and he's like, I'm going to bring Mom back. I'm going to bring mom back from the dead. I put all her dresses out and I've got them all I've got them all ready to go. And keep in mind his friend just died.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's not, and he's not even like I'm going to go bury him. He's just <laughs> like I'm getting ready for my mom. I got all the stuff out. And then we find out that Anthony Edwards comes upstairs and he's like, "Uh, this is kind of
0: fucked up." Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. I mean, yeah. I mean, he goes from zero to morbid in, like, no time flat. There's no fucking setup. There's no triggering moment. Nothing.
1: Nothing. He's just automatically, like, there had to have been a big section cut out. Had to have been. Had to. Because this movie, this movie's, what, 100 minutes? Something like that? Yeah. I feel like yeah. maybe it was close to two hours and they were like, oh, we got to cut some stuff out. Let's cut out the stuff that would make some of the scenes not make any sense. <laughs> So yeah, he just gets really like like weird and morbid, and then and then he meets up with Gus mm-hmm. at the new gravesite for his mother because Gus has gone to I guess where she was buried and stolen her body. Yep. And you know, gives it to Eddie Furlong. He's like, "Gotta bury your own." And then he starts like burying his mom. And I'm just like, "Why are you with working with Gus now, you fucking weirdo?" <laughs> so. So at this point, Anthony Edwards is like, I don't know what's going. By the way, I got to say too, like as much as Anthony Edwards, is like he's a fine actor, nothing wrong with him at all. In this movie, he is he has there's no life in him. <laughs> I feel like he has no soul, and I feel like he just he probably knew this was a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. If he would even seen the first one, he would know this is a dog. No pun yeah. intended.
1: Hey, uh, so he drives to Gus's house. Mm-hmm. And is attacked by Zowie, but does manage to shoot and I guess re-kill Zowie, yep. <laughs> zombie Zowie. And then mm-hmm. he's he starts quipping at this point. He's like, oh, I hate that dog. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? When did this become that movie? <laughs> like, it's it's weird. And it's like, it's not even like really set up. Like, but you 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 were the one that cared for him. Okay, sure. Yep. Uh, but he goes in the house. Sowie is dead, and it, it, there is a pretty funny line here. I'll probably just drop this clip in, uh, but I'll say it anyway, just in case. Um. What are you doing, Gus?
0: I was building a doggy door. What's going on around
1: here, Gus? <laughs> Why did you dig up my wife? <laughs> Because I wanted to fuck her. So they get into a fight. Um, he fucking takes a good... The, the dog already took a chunk out of Anthony Everett's shoulder, yep. so he starts drilling into his shoulder wound.
0: But And all I could say... My note here was he needs to get to an ER soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the prequel, Nathan. Yeah. This is before <laughs> he becomes an ER doctor with George Clooney. Anthony Edwards finally manages to get a shot off and kill him, like shoot Gus in the in the in the head, yeah, in the brain, in the brain, and then I honestly will say this is legitimately the best part of the movie for me is that Mm -hmm. he doesn't fall for this for the stupid horror trope where someone always comes back. He leaves the house, stops, goes back in, and shoots Gus like four more times. (laughs) I was like, thank you, somebody finally fucking did it. (laughs) this and scream the only time it's ever fucking happened (laughs) back at, uh, back at Eddie's house. The the housemaid is just trying her shit on, I guess trying the, uh, the dead wife's clothes and makeup on.
0: Like you said, there had to have been some sort of subplot where there was some sort of emotional connection between her and Anthony Edwards, because I can't see anybody being so forward as to, well, I'm going to root through their boxes and try on his dead wife stuff. Well, yeah,
1: like I said, they had that glance at the beginning, which you would think would lead to something, but then it was just dropped. Yeah. So she tries the shit on and then, oh, who shows up? The dead mom looking (sighs) immaculate, by the way. Yep. For someone who was just dug, who just climbed out of the ground and has been dead for like at least a week or two.
0: I think maybe he was uh, Edward Furlong was waiting and did her makeup for her.
1: Maybe, but like I thought I thought he didn't even see her until until after the scene. Well, but she shows up and she <laughs> fucking stabs the housemaid uh, in her eye, I guess. Yeah, and kills her. Meanwhile, we cut to like Eddie Furlong hearing all this and just smiling.
0: Yeah, like a fucking sociopathic lunatic.
1: Uh, Anthony Edwards returns home He finds the housemaid's body And the dead wife is all like Hello dear, we can get back together again We should try We should try to work this out <laughs> Meanwhile she's like Holding Eddie Furlong close to her bosom
0: Yeah Reeking of formaldehyde Yeah,
1: Eddie is like She tells Eddie, go downstairs let your, let your dad and I talk this out Goes to leave Who comes in? Zombie Clyde yeah. Oh, this movie is this and, fucking movie. Yeah. Oh. So there's a giant fight here. The mom sets everything on fire because why not? <laughs> <laughs> and zombie Clyde gets fucking electrocuted and his head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, there's some pretty good gore in this movie.
0: Yes, considerably more than there was in the original. It's a the first one's. Pretty bloodless, actually. There was, there was
1: like, yeah, there was a little bit, but not like excessive.
0: No, like Victor, uh, Pascal at the first, and uh, the, a bit at the end with Judd. Mm. That's about it. Oh, the
1: ankle thing got yeah. me, yeah.
0: Oh, and the across the when he gave him the Joker smile, too.
1: Yeah, that was pretty nasty. Yeah. So, yeah, Clyde's head explodes. Um, and then the mom is like. I'm melting. She's fucking <laughs> wicked witch of the Westing over here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because I guess she's, yeah, she's made out of fucking uh, rubber or something.
0: Well, they would have done that uh, to do facial reconstruction so they could have an open casket.
1: Right. Yeah. So she starts melting and she starts saying, like, because Anthony Edwards has had the shit beat out of him at this point. Like, he's down on the ground. Eddie has Mm -hmm. to pick him up. And she's like, stay with me. We're trying to work it out. Yeah. And Eddie for long, is like, peace. I'm suddenly good now.
0: Yeah, I'm back. Dump my goth phase. It's over now. Yeah. Less than an afternoon. They escape. The house burns down. The dead wife
1: dies again. And <sighs> we end with a very strange moment because Oh my
0: god, it's the weirdest fucking ending.
1: Right? Because Eddie Furlong and his dad drive away. And then what do we get as they're driving away?
0: We get these with this weird pullback helicopter shot. As them, with them driving off into the backwoods, uh, the byways of Maine, uh, leaving Ludlow. But we get like these fucking, uh, uh, sign language for the hearing impaired cameo shot of (laughs) all the people who died in this movie. Yeah. Looking super stoked, like happy too. It's so weird. My favorite one of the bunch is Drew at the end. Cause he's like, <laughs> like that's the look on his face. And I know it's a visual gag that I'm doing for an audio podcast, but everybody who heard that knows exactly what face I made.
1: It's yeah. It's the, str- it's the weirdest fucking choice. Like, Oh, let's memorialize all these characters that died. <laughs> Okay, sure. Why not? Anyway, then the movie ends. Pet Cemetery that's, Two.
0: Yep, that's it. Lame. Done. Oh, oh we get one last flyover of the burial grounds. Oh right. That's Is that it. after the yep. credits? No, no. It's just it after they do the cameos and the memorializing of the characters who died. They continue with the uh, the uh, I don't know helicopter shot over the woods of Maine and of course over top of the burial ground. Lame.
1: Yeah. So, with all that being said, Nathan, would you recommend Pet Cemetery 2? No, no, no. Nope. There are, I'll say, there are elements of it that that would maybe be entertaining in a bad movie way, but there's also a lot of stuff that's just infuriating.
0: Yeah, and one of the reasons why I think I, I uh, hard no on this is just I. Have such a near and dear place to my heart for the first one mm. that what they did with this one is almost inexcusable.
1: Yeah, it's it's a real it's a real bastardization of. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say kinda for me because like I said, there are parts that are like entertaining and they're like a, this is so stupid kind of way. But no, it's not it's not great. <laughs> It's not good.
0: So what you're saying is you you can't pass a judgment night? Oh, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, going back to that again. <laughs> deep
0: cut, deep cut. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: So with that being said, Nathan, we're going to take a brief break, and we will be right back.
0: What were they? What were they thinking is brought to you today
1: by GameITall.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music or movie reviews, gameitall.com is your one stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they
0: thinking? And we're back. We are back. <sighs> uh, Nathan. Uh yes, Brendan.
1: Uh, I think it's time for the low haiku.
0: Yes, the low haiku. The 17 perfect syllables to represent a wildly imperfect movie.
1: Yeah, you could say that for sure. So we we're going to we're going to get uh, poetic here, so I'm going to I'll start us off here. <clears throat> Clancy Brown trying Don't want to be buried in this cemetery.
0: Eddie Furlong. Mom! Dead dogs and kitty cats, too. Clancy Brown. No! Good job, good job. Thank you, thank you.
1: And, uh... (gasps) Badoom! Badoom! That's the sound now. Yep. (laughs) Badoom! We're back! (laughs) Oh, boy. So, uh, getting right into it, we uh, talked about this movie. We obviously uh, don't uh, care for it too much, but what do we always say, Nathan?
0: Well, you know what? We always say... Don't take a word for (laughs) us!
1: That's right. Much like last week, we have another case here where critics and audiences are pretty much in line. (laughs) Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not quite as harsh as last week, but not far off. No. Critics, 24% on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: And the audience with a whopping 31. Oh,
1: 31. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, from the critics
1: here, let's take a look. So, from Sean Munro of Flickering Myth... (laughs) Better acted than the original and not without its perverse charms, mostly of the Clancy Brown variety, but a shameless cash in sequel for the most part. Fair. Yeah. I would say some of the acting is actually a little bit better than the original, but
0: Clancy Brown.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But like,
0: yeah, it just, it's, it's, yeah, it's not good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Owen McNally of the Hartford Courant. That rag. <laughs> now though, it's time for Hollywood to lay this whole burial ground theme to rest. <laughs> I'm assuming because he's from Hartford, Connecticut. So. Yeah, it makes sense. To why me. I did the New England accent?
1: <laughs> uh, Steve Newton of Georgia Strait says uh, life's too short to spend an hour and a half of it watching hollow cinematic dreck like Pet Cemetery Two. There are some neat, gory bits though. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, uh, Paul Orndorff's brother, uh, Brian, uh, says Pet Cemetery 2 looks like a feature that quickly slipped out of Lambert's control, and she decided to drive the production into the ground out of spite. And you can read more at brianorndorff.com. That's where it's from. <laughs>
1: Uh, my last one here I want to read is uh, from Caffeinated Clint at Movie Hole. He says, an easy sequel to Dig, a hip horror film for teens.
0: He should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> he really should. <laughs> I got last, last critic one. Felix Vasquez Jr. from Cinema Crazed wrote, it's a sequel that really never should have been made. Yeah. That's pretty. Blunt and to the point
1: <laughs> uh, I agree Felix Alright Nathan audience reviews here we go
0: Alright I'm prepping myself
1: So from Lee Let's go
0: C. do this, do this!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lee C gives it 3.5 stars uh-huh. What a crazy movie It went from bad acting to almost Best acting <laughs> reward if it wasn't For Silence of the Lambs the same year What a massive surprise
0: <laughs> Jesus <laughs>
1: I don't know what uh, Lee is talking about, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I didn't see that switch. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no name. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave it three stars. Uh, I actually don't mind this one. It's nothing special, but still watchable and sort of creepy. Gordon T.
1: gives it four and a half stars. Kind of chaotic and loony, yet it offers some interesting excursions into the quote-unquote universe opened by the first movie. And then he gets really excited. Eddie Furlong, Pet Sematary 2, the well-directed and well-acted loony and chaotic movie that ends up making sense in a very hallucinatory way. As if you're trying to conceive and write a story while in the midst of an acid trip, presumably. Uh-huh. I think a lot of the professional critics are pretty straight-laced and boringly mundane individuals. That's a, that's a trip, man.
0: So he, he turned it from a review into a movie to the an attack on the Hollywood press? Yeah. Okay. All
1: that's... over the map, just like this movie.
0: <laughs> well, we got another anonymous one who wrote, if it wasn't for Clancy Brown's amazingly dedicated performance, this movie would be Dead in the Water. Four stars.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) Four stars. Four stars stars
0: just for Clancy Brown? It had one redeeming performance in it, and they gave it four stars.
1: And he's not in, like, a ton of the movie. Nope. (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, Jimmy M. gives it half a star. I got two really quick ones here. Jimmy M. gives it half a star. Says, uh, Pet Cemetery 2 is not that bad, but it's good. Like 80s music. Final boss. This is cuckoo crazy. <laughs> and then Lisa D also gives it half a star and says, I'm going to read it as it's written. Most differently corny, and I mean that in the Wussert way. It pissed me off. That's how lame it was.
0: Wusserted way?
1: Yeah. Did she it worst? Oh, she did, but it's okay. spelled Wussert
0: okay well Jesse F uh mm-hmm. had a more sane approach to liking one thing about the movie because the, he only gave it two stars or she okay. only gave it I, well, I' don't Jesse's one of those names yeah um it's a bad unnecessary sequel but Edward Furlong is an enjoyable watch two stars. <laughs>
1: That's more sane. I, I, I would say two stars for one performance that you like is better. Four
0: stars for Clancy, <laughs> for Clancy Brown. Clancy
1: Brown. Crazy. I mean, I love uh, Clancy Brown, but come on. Uh, so I've got one more here. It's from Johnny S., and it's five stars. And I'm, I might have a stroke in the middle of this. Okay. One of the best sequel... I saw without cast, and but the same director from the first 1989 original, but there's some of mention character from the first one original. Edward Furlong came a cast to join sequel film debut since Terminator 2 Judgment Day role as Jeff. Whoa! This movie of the sequel has hell more of much gore, and the very violence than the original. Character Gus, play by Clancy Brown from Highlander, turned to a zombie is so little bit weird. Very disturbing with the dead animal and the very creeping.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> that is... Um, How many
0: stars? How many stars? Uh, five. Of course. <laughs> well, uh, I got one last real quick one. It's okay. for Matthew B. Gave it one and a half stars. But it's a, it's a pretty concise uh, criticism. What a loud of crap. Uh,
1: I love what a loud
0: of crap
1: what a quiet of crap
0: (laughs) it was quiet crappy
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy so those are the reviews people basically thought the same things and if they didn't they apparently were insane (laughs) this is what we've gathered from that right That's, that's, that's everything we learned from this movie oh (laughs) <laughs> well, we shouldn't say that. I don't know why we would even say that.
0: No, I mean, weirdos talk like weird that, right? Thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Lunatics. Mormons,
1: Mormons, as we said. Right. Crazy Mormons. All their wives and such editing Deadpool movies and all that shit. Yep. <laughs> uh, but now we should bestow a hint upon the listeners. Yes. Uh, Nathan will be Nathan will actually be taking the helm. For the next two episodes, because we have a uh, you know special thing coming up. So, but next week, Nathan, we have another movie coming up to continue Schlocktober. So Mm -hmm. why don't you give us a little hintaroo? Dixie Boy Truck Stop. There you go. I
0: think it's pretty obvious if anybody who knows it.
1: (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. Dixie Boy Truck Stop. Yep, Dixie Boy Truck Stop. If anybody's seen it, you'll probably know. But yes. But now, Montrose Monkington, are are you there?
0: Yes, I am here, Brendan. Thank you for having me on. Oh, and,
1: and thank you. I, I, you're welcome. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. No, and, and thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, th- well, thank you. Well, you're most uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, oh, you're you welcome. May, uh, oh, oh, thank you. You may say your piece now.
0: Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Hello, it's your good friend Montrose Monkington the Third here. Uh, as I always like to say on this fantastic podcast, uh, check out Montrose Monkington TV over on YouTube. Uh, you can also be friends with me on the Facebook uh, Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and friends, and you can also follow me on your little Twitter devices at Montrose the Third. That's the number three R D. Uh, Thank you. More later. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Sure. Thank you. Sorry. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you? Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, you're no problem. Yeah.
1: <sighs> Escaped again. hmm So... Yes, thank you, Montrose. And of course, if you You're want welcome. to find us on the social media, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for What Were They Thinking? Find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. We're on all the podcatchers Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, not Podcoin, RIP. Uh, we're also on patreon.com slash podcast. You can sign up for lots of cool things on there. We have several bonus episodes on there right now, actually. Rocky Five, Justice League, and Alien vs. Predator. So you can check those out mm. exclusively to Patreon.
0: Every last one of them, gold.
1: Gold nuggets of truth. Mm-hmm. And you can also find us on Public and Redbubble. Just search for our podcast on there. You will find stuff. And... I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. So Nathan, Pet Cemetery 2. Yes, Brennan. I don't know Mm. what you could possibly have queries about, but do you have any questions?
0: Well, I do. Okay. I mean, when a studio can get the original director from the first movie. A rare gem. A a rare gem and a rare feat indeed. Mm -hmm. And... The previous director or that that the previous movie by the director actually uh, turned out a, a good product. People enjoyed it. Um, made money. The, yes, it did. And having that, both of those things in place, to go ahead and uh, take all of the original ideas that she had had for the script and how it was to be shot and just throw them all into a giant dumpster fire. For those studio executives who I'm sure later went on to work with Ralph Bakshi and uh, Henry Selleck, I just have to ask you, each and every one of you, Mm -hmm. what were they thinking? Oh no!
1: Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West podcast network.